Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle. Thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. Also, check out patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. In this uh, time of social distancing, I've been logging and doing little blurbs of all of the new-to-me older movies and TV shows that I've watched, uh, so you can check that out at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. So today, uh, first of all, happy May the 4th. Um, that's when this is going to be released, at least. And uh, fitting that we will be talking about the finale of the Skywalker saga, <coughs> Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, join me as they did on The uh, Last Jedi is Ronnie Haynes. Hello. Daniel Green. Hello. And David Miles. <laughs> Hello. Good. <laughs> it's good to have everybody here. Uh, in accordance to social distancing, we are all, with the exception of Ron, who lives with me, uh, we are all doing these at our respective homes. Um, Not weird at all. No, it. I I wish we were doing this in person because, uh, you know, it's it's just much more. It it it's it's better to be able to get you guys in together. But I think we'll still have a pretty good conversation over what was the most uh, divisive Star Wars movie since the last one. <laughs> so, and the one before that, and the one before that, and pretty much every other Star Wars movie since uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, and so on. That could be divisive in itself, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, my, we, we do not have a uh, set itinerary of stuff that we w I want to talk about, like we did Last Jedi, though it's just such a big meal of a movie. I mean, this one still is as well. Uh, but the the first thing I want to say is I I've seen this movie three times and saw it twice in theaters and once uh, at home. I enjoy this movie. It's I I think it hit the beats that it wanted to hit. I think it left a lot of things wanting. Overall, I was still entertained by it. Uh, that's. That's that's my long and short of my personal feelings on the rise of Skywalker. So, uh, with that, uh, I will open the floor to whoever wants to uh, go next. I, I uh, well, like... just to oh, oh sorry, go, go <laughs> no, ahead, no, Dave, go Dave, please, no, please, Dave. We haven't heard from you in forever, so please, I want I want to hear from Dave. I want to hear from Dave. Okay. Dave. Well, uh, and and and, and we we talked about this a little bit, Rob. But I mean, I, I've seen it twice, and I and I fell asleep both times. <laughs> 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 fell asleep in the theater. I saw it at home. And I fell asleep then. For me, uh, yeah, it, it it hit the beats. But I mean, man, those beats were obvious <laughs> and <laughs> and contrived. Uh, and and yeah, I you know I. This this was were your uh, expectations uh, not subverted, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, 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 honestly, as much as I did not like the last one, which you guys know, I, you know, it it kept me more awake than this one. So I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, I mean, I I, I uh, you know, I 
I, I, I'm still kind of conflicted as to how I feel about this one in terms of like, does it feel like a Star Wars movie? I mean, kind of only, but only because J.J. Abrams tried too hard. Uh, it, 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 but I mean, it, it does not keep me as uh, engaged as the last one did, as much as I don't like the last one. Uh, but but I'm, I'm gonna hand it over. So that's my initial comment. But I'll hand it over to somebody else now. Okay, Ron, you won. Well, I was just gonna well. say, I was just gonna say what you know. That's the thing. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure after texting with Dave last night a little bit about it, um, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who did what. I like this movie for what it was. I like this movie, you know. I mean. I don't know. I, I, I maybe I don't know if my uh, my views on this are going to be a little less educated or, or or what. I'm not sure. I just I just know I like this movie. I liked I ha- I thought it was a fun movie. That's the thing. I mean, Dave and I at least can agree that like you know JJ was basically painted into a corner more or less, and. Um, I don't know. It's just I I, th- I feel like he did what he could with 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 what little premise he was given, and um, I think he made a legitimately entertaining Star Wars movie. I mean, fact of the matter is when I I, I think I, I know I texted Brian and Daniel as soon as I got out of the, my first viewing, because uh, unfortunately we couldn't get we couldn't see this together at any point, um, but I don't know. I walked out of this thing like okay that was that was that was a fun entertaining movie and do the do uh, do some of the elements of the story hold up to a lot of scrutiny no um i'll give it that i'll i'll absolutely i'm 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 absolutely i'm absolutely uh you know able to be realistic about the qualities the various qualities of you know and the varying qualities you know like like i i'm 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 absolutely like you know realistic about you know how the, the the qualities of the story and the like whether or not it's called it to scrutiny or a lot of scrutiny or not i'm very realistic about that but at the same time i don't know i was just i walked i really did walk out of this kind of elated kind of like you know well at least that was fun and entertaining and like i'm not going i'm not i'm not gonna i'm i don't know probably probably since the prequels i was like i realized you know i'm not gonna walk out of these any of these you know thinking that that was necessarily like Empire Strikes Back or even A New Hope, you know, like that's 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 a bar that's I don't think it's ever going to be, you know, crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I liked it for what it was. I like, you know, I liked it for its, you know, kind of like its pulpy kind of like storytelling and just I don't know, like I mean, I this is going to be a little controversial. I liked it more than you know, I mean, like you, there there could be some obvious comparisons I think between this and um, In the Darkness, and I thought like you know I I, I actually liked it more than In the Darkness. I mean, I don't know. I I liked it for what it was. I thought it was fun. I thought it was entertaining, and um, I don't know. I that that's more or less how I feel. I think you know. I'm again. I'm 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 certainly willing to get into discussing, you know, whether or not parts of this movie hold up, you know, hold water, or you know, or hold up to a lot of scrutiny. And I'm I'm realistic about that. But I don't know. I I just I liked it for what it was worth. I okay, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've seen it three times as well, twice in theaters, uh, once out of theaters, and then I'm actually watching it right now. It's going on. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I did read the book. So, you know, I've, I've seen it 
four times, five times going on right now. But, uh, you know, the first time I left uh, the theater after watching it, you know, opening night at the, the six o'clock show, um, definitely as I was watching, I was entertained. Uh, but I wasn't, I didn't love it. it. It was one of those, like, I left the theater, my wife asked me what I thought. And I said, honestly, uh, I have to watch it again before I have an opinion. My opinion is that I reserve the right to watch it again before I give an opinion. And um, went to work next day, and everybody always asked me, you know, because I'm a big nerd about this, like, what did I think, what did I think? And I said, same thing. I was like, I don't have an opinion. Like, I enjoyed it watching it, but I don't know what I feel about the actual overall movie. And uh, and I saw it again uh, that Saturday night. Um, and, you know, it was uh, after coming out of the theater that time, I was like, you know, it was a good movie. It was entertaining. Uh, there were obviously parts that were terrible. Uh, there were parts that were still really good. Some callbacks were awesome. Uh, but overall, I, I felt like they did the best they could for what had kind of happened again, especially with the divisiveness of the fandom and who loved the last Jedi and who hated it and where we stood at the end of all that, especially with the unexpected passing of Carrie Fisher, that kind of dynamically, mm-hmm. you know, changed the overall movie, I think of what it was going to be. But, um, you know, after watching on Saturday again, for the second time, I just, I, I determined that I didn't like the overall movie in terms of the ending. I felt like, we should have had something different, which I truly do believe was what Carrie Fisher was there. We would have had a different ending, a totally different story, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I think that probably changed the end on top of, again, the divisiveness of the fandom because of Last Jedi. Um, and then, you know, this this is, I still don't own a movie. Uh, I, I own it because a friend gave me a copy of it, um, and it comes out to Disney Plus on May the 4th when everybody's listening to this, so it'll be out officially there on Disney Plus, but I, I still haven't bought the copy. And this is the first Star Wars movie uh, since The Phantom Menace, because the other three were out before I was born, but, you know, Phantom Menace came out, I owned it day one, Attack of Clones day one, all the, every single movie, even even Solo and, and Rogue One, and I still don't own Rise of Skywalker movie yet. It's not my collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a struggle to get through the book. This is the first book where, and I think part of it was, you know, because I didn't enjoy the movie, I kind of went into the book with the same... Not necessarily negative aspect, but just kind of like, uh, okay, I got to struggle through this. And there wasn't a lot of differences in the book. There wasn't a lot of things that kind of like left me wanting more or, you know, at least in, in, in the the Last Jedi, you know, Han Solo dies at the end of The Force Awakens. So I was really want to know how are they going to wrap this up? You know, we just end the movie with Starkiller base blowing up, but there's no Han Solo funeral. There's nothing like that. Um, so the book, you know, just even getting into The Last Jedi, reading the book, was nice because there, there was something that I was expecting and wanting. Uh, but in this book, there was not very much added, not a lot of different sequences, I felt like. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't hate the movie. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate it. it. It's, you know, it is good for what it is. It was entertaining. But I think overall for the finale of the trilogy and the finale of all the saga, mm-hmm. I felt like it was de- lacking what it could have been and what I feel like it should have been. So, Okay. Um, I want I want to I actually want to go back to something Ron said uh, with regards to bring up Star Trek into darkness because that I do kind of feel like that's a good comparison for Rise of Skywalker because I I'm on record that you and I both absolutely love J.J. Um, Abrams 2009 reboot of yeah. Star Trek yeah uh, and uh, I I think to a certain extent, you and I both kind of feel the same about Into, about Darkness. Into Darkness. Yeah, where I think like so. There, there are good things about it that are really good things about it, but ultimately, part it's too blatantly of, obviously because a, of the con aspect of it. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't 
work as successfully and mm-hmm. i can't help but feel like it this is sort of the it's right at the comp of new coat of paint it's it's, it's it's it sort of shows that i i feel like jj abrams is good the first time out going to a franchise but not really the second well, they, they they touched upon that really. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I when I when I listen to um, uh, people that are kind of really anti J.J. Abrams, you know, they, they they talk about him being, and and I'm not anti J.J. Abrams. Um, I'm I'm less less on board than than I had been in the past, but but you know, I I do think he has some talent, some storytelling abilities, uh, particularly visually. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they talk about him being more of just a repurposer, right. And, and, and just trying to, and, and not being that great of an original storyteller. And so he's always trying to bring in elements of previous things that have, all, that have already been there and trying to re-glue them together in different ways. Um, you know, for, for me, it's like, we, we look at the, the, if we're talking about Star Trek, just real quick, if you look at the two movies, they almost kind of do, for me, they almost kind of feel like the same movies. Like we got one guy going out for revenge uh, in the first one, and then we kind of, like, got Khan, but, I mean, it was like Khan's supposed to be a guy going out for revenge, right? So, 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 uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree that he's, like, not as good the second time, but I think that's just fundamentally because he lacks some skill set, um, which doesn't make him horrible, but he's just not that great. I, I, I almost wish... Uh, I, I don't know. I almost wish that these kind of like, um, you know, like like an Infinity War or an Endgame that somebody had realized that uh, maybe like these movies required sort of a two-man team in, in directing, and maybe that would have uh, um, brought out something a little bit different in him. Um, but uh, just just to get, and, and to, to go back to something else that was said, um, uh, my my brother who's who's also a Star Wars fan. Um, also does not own the movie and he owns all the other ones. And, uh, and I don't, I'm actually not entirely sure if he's even going to see rise of Skywalker, even though he has seen all the other ones, <clears throat> you know, at least the first week. Did when he never were, see it? When they were, uh, I, and for me seeing, I, it was, I didn't see rise of Skywalker up until like the very end, uh, up until it was, um, gonna be out of theaters i was like it was it was it was like pulling i i knew what we were gonna get kind of sort of it almost kind of felt like that so it was almost like kind of like pulling teeth to, for me to go see this movie i know brian you kept asking me about it. i'm like no i haven't seen it yet I haven't seen it yet <laughs> uh and so and so yeah I, I just wanted to echo echo that that, that, that sentiment it's like I, I know other people who either haven't seen the movie or who have seen the movie but they they like they don't own it you know because it's just it's just it was sort of a priority for I'm not gonna say it wasn't a priority for for everyone, but it was. There's a lot a large swath of people. It seems like a large swath of fans that it was not a priority for, and and obviously I think the the, the box office um, uh, reflected that as well. Uh, so it's a, but but that, that that's a very interesting dynamic. It's, it's not one that I that I had uh, expected to, to see so many people like not own the movie, um, and to see so many people like not not go to the movie at least you know within the first few weeks as, uh, as when it went out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think as far as Abrams, I you know I I still think he's a, I I do think he's a very talented filmmaker, and I my favorite film of his is probably Super Eight, uh, yep. overall, mm-hmm. and I think that's 
that's the one where I mean, if you look at the films he's done, he's done two Star Trek movies, he's done two Star Wars movies now. He did Super Eight, and then he also did Mission Impossible Three, which is one of the better ones of that franchise. Oddly enough, um, I think that the thing that is so great about Super Eight is that it's not him. It's him in the same idea of repurposing ideas and the types and reconfiguring the types of movies that he loved watching growing up, but at the same time, he could tie it to a somewhat original idea as opposed to being hamstrung within a specific genre and specific franchise. I, I think that's part of the reason why Super 8 works so much better than any of the uh, other films, especially for the Star Trek and Star Wars film uh, franchises. I feel, I feel that, and I had totally forgot that he uh, he did Mission Impossible Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah, I, you know, for me, JJ, um, you know, I've enjoyed all his movies. I, I, there's actually, I, there's, I can't really say there's a movie that I didn't enjoy or didn't like, or even one I would say was like a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. I, I felt like again, he did the best he could with this movie with what he had. Um, consider, yeah, I, I felt like it was it was a couple things. One, obviously, Carrie Fisher passing totally changed everything. Right, we, we're all in agreement on that. Mm-hmm. Um, two, he wasn't even supposed to direct this one. It was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow, but of course there was, you know, what we understand, um, disagreements between him and Kathleen Kennedy and where they want this movie to go potentially. And that was even before Carrie Fisher passed. So keep that in mind. They already had a director change before the passing Carrie Fisher. Um, and so, and, and then, you know, for me, I feel like the, the one thing that was really good about the original and then even the, the prequel, um, was that, while they did have different directors in the originals, George Lucas was the original man with the original story, with everything going on. Like, and, and everybody has stated how much they did not enjoy working for him at certain times in the movie and the filming because he was so controlling. But if you think about it, he was the guy and everything had to go through him. Um, and then, of course, the, the prequels was purely him. There was nobody else. It was all him and the story. And, and we know how that kind of went because he was out of the seat for so long. It wasn't the best, per se. And I think that's kind of what was lacking in this trilogy was that we start off with J.J. Abrams, who, in my mind, I, I still love. The Force Awakens is great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a rehash of A New Hope and stuff, but it was still dynamically different and the elements were a lot different. Um, visually, of course, he's very good at that. It was very appealing. And then, you know, of course, I love The Last Jedi. I think Ryan Johnson did a fantastic job and it was perfect and, and pretty much what it offered. Um, but then, you know, we go back to J.J. again. And so keep in mind, because we had one guy and then we went to a different guy and then we go back to another, there was no consistency. The You could say the head person was Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Everything ran through her. Um, but I, I don't feel like she had a grasp of the overall subject of how do we get from point A to point B, you know, beginning to end, and we do it over a three-movie period, and then each movie is a own movie it's in itself, right? So you have to have a beginning and end in the movie, all that sort of stuff. So as far as storytelling goes, I feel like the biggest issue was there was not a really strong, solid head person in charge of everything's got to run through here as well as a beginning to end. Like clearly George only wrote, um, you know, a new hope with the intentions of just new hope. And yeah, he, he said that he had ideas for a sequel and everything like that or, or yeah, sequel, but you know, it was not, it was another, never official. And then we go into the Phantom Menace and it's clearly there's going to be a one, two, three, right. Mm-hmm. And then we go into this and clearly there's going to be a, a, a seven, eight, nine, right. We know that, but there was no solid person at the top that here's the storyboard of where we want to get to go to that sort of thing and of course 
things change over time, as we know. But uh, I felt like that was what was really was weak was, you know, not having that head person in charge of beginning to end and going through so many different directors and writers, you know, because technically there were overall four directors, you know, being J.J. and Colin and back to J.J. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, wasn't there um, uh, four different writers as well, if I'm not mistaken, between all four? Or I, I could be wrong on that. But. So uh, Michael Arndt was the uh, original writer on Force Awakens. Then that gave way to J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan. And right. then um, you have Ryan Johnson uh, did eight by himself. And then it was uh, Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly, his writing partner on episode nine. And then when they left, it became Chris Terrio and J.J. Abrams, right. which admittedly, I, I – you know, I, I have such a conflicted feelings because, like Daniel, I absolutely adore Last Jedi. I, I adore it more every time I see it. I, I love watching that movie. Dave, too bad you can't see what's behind me in my video because I got the last Jedi. Yeah, too bad. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so, um, but the fact is, it's like, I think, I I know one of the things I absolutely loved coming out of Last Jedi was not having a definitive idea of where this story for Nine was going to take us. Little did we know that would be the entire trilogy's downfall as a whole. The, the <laughs> lack of any kind of... That's the thing. I mean, no, here's the thing. What, what, okay, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm no, sorry. you're fine. Go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Daniel's, <laughs> Daniel's, some of the things Daniel was just talking about, that's basically what I think everyone, everyone on the internet at this point is, is, in, agreement, is in agreement with, is that this trilogy clearly did not have a consistent vision throughout, you know, throughout the making of it. I mean that's that's with that that's so blatantly obvious at this point that like it's just it's kind of it's kind of white noise to me at the to be honest, um because like that like, every article you read about well you know why the why the sequel trilogy sucks why it's why it's lacking why it's this why it's that is obviously you know and everyone everyone clearly I think is agrees that like you know it's just it, this was just so blatantly lacking any kind of consistent vision or. You know, and I mean, like you can go into whether or not that's Captain Kennedy's fault. You can go into whether or not that's Ryan Ryan Johnson's fault, which it is. But you know, we're not going to go there right now. Um, you know, oh my God, don't get me started on just, just don't get me started on Ryan Johnson. Don't. I, I'm sorry. I you know I get again. I'm going to say this because I I but yeah, Last Jedi made me angry in ways the prequels never could. That's just that's just, I don't know how else I, I don't know how else I can put it because I'm not. As eloquent a guy as like you know Dave or Brian or Daniel, I don't think, but like that's that's the best way I can put it. Like Last Jedi just angered me in ways the prequels never could, and I don't know like I don't know how else to put it really. You know, I mean like I'm I'm gonna get 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 but I'm gonna get destroyed no matter what I say here. Um, I know Dave will help me, however he can, you know. But like it's just it's I'm sorry, Last Jedi angered me in way in ways the prequels never could. 
Well, yeah, and and, and I think that uh, you know, I mean, when you if if you're going to look, so so like Ron was saying, you know, we 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 all agree, like there was this. Uh, lack of leadership at the top story-wise. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder if we would have had, you know, if, if there was some sort of um, almost a, maybe a, a Pixar-like story group that that approached Star Wars, you know, would, would we have even gotten the the Last Jedi story, particularly particularly like the, the, the end of it, at least. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, uh, it, it's, it's obvious that The Last Jedi definitely caused the rift right and at least box office wise um it, it never came back after that uh and and uh and 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 you know, you know and uh, obviously that that leads directly to, to to some fans like not coming back after that or you know changing their opinion re reprioritizing it um you know and uh and, and just getting back to the quality of story you know it's like yeah it's, it's star wars but but you know, this is something I mentioned before. It's like there's there's so much, like like there's so much better storytelling out there that's cohesive over multiple arcs over multiple years. Uh, that, I do think, you know, Dave, I do think Dave, you you'd be an authority on that, knowing like your familiarity with like Circle of Time and all the all those other book, book series, right? I mean, I imagine. Yeah, we, we'll talk about. It. But even even if you look at um, like like Game of Thrones, you know, I mean, obviously the 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 last the latter seasons people have had issues with, but 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 particularly like the heart of that, um, and and uh, if you look at even even stuff like um, um, Stranger Things, yeah, it's just it's just. Like you can't come out of the gate doing mediocre storytelling anymore because there's so many other options, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and, and and so you know, it, you know, I mean, this putting putting this together, you know, putting this trilogy together in sort of a slapdash kind kind of way, um, almost, you know, that's that that was almost going to be uh, that was from the beginning that was going to be a failure, you know, because just from a competition standpoint. There's there's better storytelling out there, you know, and Absolutely. more cohesive storytelling uh, out there at, at a at a large at a large scale, uh, and so you know it was just it was just it was botched from the beginning. It was it was going to be non-competitive from the beginning. It was going to you know divide the fandom from the beginning. It was going to piss fans off from the beginning uh, because because of the clear lack of leadership. Uh, and, and and now you know the question is are are we going to end up in um, a, a a world of sort of prequel stories, you know. Um, you know, I mean, Mandalorian's great, but you know, are, are we, you know, and then we're talking Obi Wan, Obi Wan movie. We're talking other thing or a TV show. We're talking other things. Um, but is anybody ever going to want to touch what comes past Rise of Skywalker? Or is anyone going to want to touch maybe the in-between stories of Rise of Skywalker or you know, the in-between stories of the, of the new of the new sequel? Probably not, you know? Uh, and, and that's and that's and that's a real shame because I I honestly think like like I've said before, you know, Ryan Johnson would have been his storytelling would have been perfect like as as a story told after uh, of this the uh, this this next this this last trilogy. You know, if 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 his last scene had been the last scene after a rise of Skywalker, whatever a third movie would have been, you know, had he not been involved in the original, in this, in this, in the sequel trilogy, uh, that would have been beautiful. That would have been a beautiful moment to take us, to take us somewhere new, you know? Uh, and it was just, so it was, it was just, they, they, they wasted his talent. Cause I do think he's a talented storyteller. 
and 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 it's, it was just it was just so botched. It's just that, that's what makes me mad. I mean, you know, this is a good property that was just botched from from the very very beginning and wasted the, the talents of a number of different uh, storytellers and 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 uh, you know artists and, and and all the other people that go into making movies. So 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 yeah, it's just it's just a shame that it was botched from the beginning. Well, yeah, because now see, here's the thing: I actually saw um, Knives Out not too long ago. Um, when we when we got it on Blu-ray, and I I told Brian I was like, holy crap, I like that movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, like <laughs> no no, and, you know, da- Daniel's giggling, Daniel's giggling, rightfully so, you know. But like, because I, I was like for the longest time, I was like, I, I didn't want to see Knives Out because I was like, because I, I despite the good things I was hearing about, I was like, I was too angry at Brian Johnson for what he did with Last Jedi. But then I saw that I was like, oh my, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy actually knows how to make a really compelling narrative and and a really interesting entertaining story that you know but like that the, that's the thing was like he was working with a more or less an, an original premise you know just mm-hmm. re- regardless of like you know the fact that it was it was like a it was a trope it was a who done it but like he actually reinvented the the genre in some ways with that movie i that and that's what i found really interesting and fascinating about them i was like because I I walked I, I I walked out of that I I stepped away from that movie after watching I was like oh my gosh that Brian Johnson does know what he's doing with a with a with a with a premise that's more or less his own but like that's the thing I'm just I'm sorry like with with Last Jedi it just seemed like he just he just you know he like his you know the metaphor for lack of a better metaphor J J Abrams made this beautiful sandcastle and then Brian Johnson came along and just you know kicked it over and like I that's I'm I'm sorry that's just how I feel about what was done with with those movies and that's you know i don't know i <laughs> go ahead and, so know. so i i will say first of all academy award nominee ryan johnson because he did get nominated for knives out uh secondly i i will say um it's funny because of the fact that what you just said about last jedi as far as jj abrams making the sandcastle and ryan johnson just knocking it down which he did a lot of people feel the same way about what Rise of Skywalker did to Last Jedi, to which Boo I will who. admittedly say I agree with, I disagree with to a certain extent. Um, I Because I do think it plays with a lot of the same ideas, uh, some of the same ideas that we see in Last Jedi, and expands on them in ways that are interesting, because we have the Force connection with Ben and Ray that is deepened and is and one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is when she is in his room his uh lair his lair in the on the star destroyer and he's on Kijimi and you go back and forth with that and the way the way JJ shoots that movie that sequence is just stunning. Well, yeah, that, that was yeah. one of the few things that, like, you know, he built upon from last time. Like, that's, I think he, I think he built upon what he needed to build upon. Like, you know, like the force connection, the, 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 uh, the sake, the sacred text, you know, like, like she, I thought that was actually carried over well enough, you know, like, you know, there, there yeah. were like, you know, subtle little tiny little callbacks to last year when I think it was necessary, when he felt it was necessary mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to, to have some cohesion between the two movies. But, um, you know, and I, I actually, I, I mean, like what that those aspects, I actually agree with as well. I, I mean, again, I liked the movie for what it was. I, 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 I mean, I was watching it last night, and I was just, 
I, I was like, this is a legitimate popcorn muncher. It's like it was just entertaining, and it was, mm-hmm. and it, I don't know. I got I I got out of it what I what I think I was was out, what I think I was supposed to get out of it. I don't know. I just I went into again I went into this one with, you know, my expectations. You know what where they were with you know, after Last Jedi, and they were they were more or less they were more or less met, and then some. Anyways, um, I do want to go. I. I, I do want to go back to something Dave said as far as Last Jedi, you know, causing the division in the fan base. I I think it I think it cracked op- I we you and I have had this discussion too. I I feel like um I I feel like yes, I will say Last Jedi cr- it it widened divisions, but I would be I the divisions were already there, I think, in the fan base, and you you had people even even after Force Awakens, even after people seemingly loved Force Awakens, its highest grossing movie in you in the U.S. domestically. Um, it's even even then, it's like, well, you just gave us a new hope again, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I mean, look back going back to what the prequels did, and the prequels, the prequels. And other aspects of the the franchise have always been divisive. And I mean, that's why I said it's the most controversial movie since the last one because all of them are divisive in one way or another. And uh, whether it's you know the fact that Leia is all of a sudden Luke's sister, whether it's the the fact that um, Anakin's a kid in Force Awakens or in Fan Mess, and then later, oh, he's dating Padme who who you know and then you have Jar Jar Binks you have the Hayden Christensen's acting there have always been things for Star Wars fans to complain about when it comes to Star Wars uh I do think I will acknowledge that Last Jedi might have been a bridge too far for (laughs) much of the fan base uh, it still made one point three billion dollars, though it was still a successful because it was a sequel to a good movie. But you know. it was it was still a successful uh, release on home home media. Um, I will say, uh, I, and yeah, I, 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 uh, go ahead, and uh, basically, <laughs> I I think. My biggest my biggest thing as far as the production is not so much that I feel like Ryan Johnson left whoever succeeded him with nowhere to go. I which he did. I think I think the the thing that I loved about that, which I touched on earlier, was I love not having a set idea because in the hands of really good storytellers, they're going to find a way to expand on that. And do something entertaining, do something invigorating, and do something that surprises you. And I think that's that was kind of, and I think JJ does a lot of that, given what he was given uh, coming in late on Rise of Skywalker. I my biggest complaint with Rise of Skywalker is I feel like it was either too short of a single movie or should have been split into two movies. Or should have been a big three hour like like a la Endgame maybe right? Uh, I don't know. Well, well, so so um, you know I 
for, for me, and I, 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 th I think it's all relative. Well, so first of all, you know, to go just back to what you just said, like you can hand, you know, he could he left it in a place where if he handed it off to another storyteller that was, you know, that was competent, then um, then they should have been able to take it somewhere else. You know, I'm not I'm not sure if where he left it was within the 100 100% within the wheelhouse of where where JJ uh, Abrams is like his sweet spot for like storytelling but um but 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 uh but but just 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 talk about just the fandom just a little bit it's like it, it, it might be relative you know but i feel like uh fandom's always going to 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 disagree on something like everybody has their favorite uh you know i'm, I'm a big doctor who fan and you know so everybody has their favorite episodes of doctor who you know everyone has their favorite comics um, you know, uh, everybody has their favorite stock comic storyline. Some people think they're, you know, like, I, I like the, um, the, uh, the, the comic storyline where, you know, um, Bane breaks Batman's back, uh, it's night, nightfall. Uh, and, and, uh, and then, um, he has to, and then somebody else comes and be, is being Batman while he heals up. You know, they, they kind of did that a little bit with the last, um, uh, Batman movie, Christopher Nolan one, but there's that, that's like this whole other story in and of itself, right? right. And then there's another story with uh, Jason Todd, you know, blowing up the Joker. So, so the, you know, the, you have all these stories that people like and don't like. I mean, when I first came out of Endgame, um, I would I talked to somebody just in the parking lot, and they said they were a huge Marvel fan, but they didn't like Endgame, you know. Uh, and I was like, how can you? Well, I mean, I, I was like, it's not, it wasn't as good as Infinity War, in my opinion. But how can you not like Endgame if you're a Marvel fan? I mean, there was just these incredible moments, you know. Um, and so. And so, so you're always going to have people that like and dislike, and there's always going to be discussions and arguments, and that's kind of what's the, the cool thing about fandom. Um, but for me, it just felt like The Last Jedi, like, broke, it just broke things. And, and, and maybe saying the same thing, like, but, but I just, I, it felt like the, the fissures that were there were, were normal fissures of fandom. And and Last Jedi was just something that was totally out of left field I'd never seen before. You know, uh, in 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 any fandom um, at all that you know, um, you know, even something that's that's had so many reboots and so many retries, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or or, or even Transformers. Um, you know, I just I've never seen that much of a of a break. So so you know, I almost kind of don't equate some of the people that you know dislike this, that, or the other um, that sort of feeling with. Uh, what we saw with Last Jedi, and honestly, kind of what we're seeing with with Doctor Who now, uh, there's there's a pretty big uh, break in the fandom there. Um, so, are you talking about <clears> the, the 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 female Doctor that was brought in, Dave? Are you talking about that? Yeah, yeah. Who, who I I, I love Jodie Whittaker, um, yeah. and uh, I, I liked her on uh, Broadchurch, um, and she is she's uh, she's not the perfect Doctor. There's there's a couple of other women that I wish they maybe had picked to be the Doctor besides her. Um, you know, is, is that was this not is this not being seen that I'm not trying to go off on too much of an offshoot here, but like is that and but the, I think this could be I think this could be um, weaved into our conversation about stars, but like okay, isn't that female doctor isn't that being looked upon as a little as a little too quote unquote wokish? Like isn't that one of the big complaints with the female doctor? Dave? Uh, yeah, well, like like they're saying like it's, like it's, really come on like I mean like you're trying you're like trying too hard to be quote unquote woke, which is a whole other thing like a, a whole other aspect of this this culture that I'm way too annoyed with, but anyway, go ahead, Dave. Your your response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 some some people accuse that actually of, of, of Rise of Skywalker as well, where where it's like, okay, we're gonna put a female lead in there. We're going to uh, make her seem <clears throat> almost kind of crazy, overpowered, even though she's kind of just still in training. 
um, and and doing uh, and and doing like things that uh, we've never seen any sort of other um, uh, sort of force wielder do. Uh, and so uh, and and you know you can explain it away when that's you know people people are saying you know that that's sort of a, a, a wokish thing there. Uh, for, for for Doctor Who, it's, it's it's much more just the, the writing. The writing's just bad. Oh, no, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh, again, Jodie Whittaker. I would have preferred a couple of other females to be in, in in that place rather than Jodie Whittaker. But she would she'd be doing a better job if if the writing wasn't With just better writing. As, as, right, as, I, as, I get you. Yeah. Okay. I I really quick question for uh for like the two bigger haters of this movie, Daniel and Brian. What do you? What would you guys have preferred to have seen in terms of like you know the big bad? Like after after Snoke was killed off so abruptly in Last Jedi, what did you? What I mean? Here's the thing. I get. I understand why people are annoyed with Palpatine being brought back. I I find a lot of I find some of those lines in the movie, uh, particularly eye rolling. Like like the scene where like Poe's like somehow like he's or like he's been he's been in the He's been behind the scenes all all the time pulling the strings. Like, yeah, I I find the lines like that particularly eye rolling. I mean, I mm-hmm. you know, but like I'm just I'm like, out of curiosity, what the, you know? Because I mean, but I do I do like what was done with with Palpatine. I thought well, I thought for the most part it was pretty entertaining and compelling, despite the fact that like you know it was like oh I like oh come on really. But it's, but at the same time, I was the movie held me. The movie the movie holds me. The movie holds my attention. I again I find it I. I find it to be a legitimate popcorn muncher, entertaining movie, regardless of like some of the backtracking it does, you know, with with Palpatine. Just out of curiosity, out of morbid curiosity, like what would you guys, <laughs> what are you, what would you guys, what would you guys have preferred? First of all, I, uh, I love the fact that I am a bigger hater of this movie than the person who fell asleep twice watching it. <laughs> I I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, yeah, at least he stayed awake for this one. <laughs> so, okay, I for I I will say I actually I actually am fine with Palpatine coming back. I mean, the way they the way they do it is a bit a little, uh, suspect in the yeah. writing yeah. and the well, it's, it's the way it's way it's way it's a li- in, in in too many in too many parts of the movie. It's way and, too obvious and, that it's like it's like it, oh come on and, like. And the fact of the matter is, it's like that's part of the reason why I would like to have seen this movie maybe push back six months or well who knows how long it would have been pushed back six months if it was pushed back six months from december since nothing is coming out until july at this point um but i you know i have no problem with palpatine being brought back i i love it in the sense that it we we come back to skywalker and palpatine being the two main opposing forces in this nine film arc Mm -hmm. i think that's the way it should be again i mean the way they the way they execute it leaves it i i feel like there's i feel like this is where the movie really needed room to breathe from a storytelling standpoint because fact that i'll agree with that and but i like it and i love I, I mean, I posted about after I watched it on at home where it's like I absolutely love the Exegol stuff of Exegol. Yeah, I love that that visually. It's such a even though you don't know where the heck those visually. those 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 cultists came from. We don't we never. Is that explained in the book, <laughs> Daniel, where all those cultist guys, all those cult guys come from? No, no. So so they're actually the 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 planet Exegol is uh, they're actually. 
Um, there's no really elaborate explanation of it, um, other than that's where Palpatine built his cloning facilities. Sure. And the people, the native people of that planet, um, he was just able to influence them. His dark side power, more or less, is, is kind of how it. It's not ever like explicitly stated where do they come from. Do they come from all over the galaxy or all from all over the unknown regions? It's it's a planet that he uh, turned into his cloning facility, and then basically you could more or less say enslaved the people, you know, through a, right. a worshiping measure. You know, he's a god, and they're you know worshippers of him, sort of thing. But um, I mean, so so my thing, you know, kind of kind of going off of Brian there is so you know Brian liked it, and, and I'm kind of two ways. Um, Part of me is like, I hated it. I thought it was terrible. They, they, you know, it kind of does some undoing to Anakin Skywalker and redeeming himself at the end of, you know, Return of the Jedi to an extent. Um, that, you know, you kind of throw out what he did because he didn't kill Palpatine, right? So therefore, he hasn't really redeemed himself per se. Um, and neither did Luke either in, in, in a direct manner, anyways. Now, you could say Luke did training Rey to an extent or, you know, not training her, you know, teaching her why the Jedi have to die. And then Leia takes over the training. Um, but, you know, again, Leia was trained by Luke. So you could say that, you know, indirectly these people do play an influence of Palpatine eventually dying, whether he's really dead or not now, right? We still don't know. I mean, this is Star Wars. They could bring him back if they wanted. But um, so, you know, part of me was like, you mean, I didn't like that he was there. You know, if if I had, you know, if I had an option, I've thought about this a lot. You know, if I had an option, um, you know, Star Wars has always been about, you know, redeeming factors, right? And that's exactly what we got again here. You know, Ben Solo mm -hmm. redeeming himself. Kylo Ren, uh, you know, not to be morbid or go like the other way, but you know, I, I would much rather like to see uh, Kylo Ren be the bad guy, like ultimately the real bad guy, and Rey, you know, ultimately being the good person and defeating him. And I would like to see there is no redemption process. The, he does not get redeemed. He does, you know, end up dying as a bad Sith person, um, you know, and and you know, yeah, Leia is still trying to hold hold on for hope that he can change, and Han thinks he can change, and Luke thinks he can change, or whatever. Uh, but at the end, that didn't happen. You know, I, I'd like to actually see the other way. Because Star Wars has always been about, you know, being able to change and, you know, you're bad, now you're good. And even in all the books and in the expanded universe, it's all there. Kip Duran was a bad person that blew up lots of stuff in the namesake of trying to defend and protect those that are defenseless and unprotectable. Uh, but, you know, he ultimately did negative, you know, killings and things like that. But he was able to redeem himself. You know, he was redeemed and he ended up being a, a very strong Jedi master our Jedi Knight, excuse me, throughout the expanded universe. Uh, but it's, that theme's always been there. So I'd actually like to see, you know, times are changing. You know, we're seeing lots of female leads are super strong. You know, there's too much male people going on. And, and we're seeing, you know, like bringing um, the, the Asian culture into stuff. And I'm all for that. But at the same time, if we're going that direction of, you know, bringing those sort of backgrounds in, you know, the LGB community, LGBT community, you know, why can't we also go the other route of instead of everything being good, 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 uh, how about they don't redeem themselves this time? You know, like, let's, let's play this. Let's see how this rolls out. And so that's just, again, I'm not saying that would be necessarily the best thing either, because, again, I'm not a storyteller. I just enjoy this stuff for entertainment. I love reading the books. But I would like to see a different direction in terms of where we have been in the past and maybe going to the future, you know, seeing, you know, hey, we thought you could be redeemed, but no, nope, you're not. You're a bad guy. You're dead. End of story. You know, you know, kill him off some way. Um, and then, you know, and I like the Palpatine, um, you know, Skywalker. Obviously, that's what this entire saga has been all about. Um, but, yeah, there, there's just some things about, to me, like, you know, at what point, and, and this is where some of the story, like, really gets to me, is at what point did Leia know that Rey was a Palpatine, right? Yeah. Because um, Luke doesn't know that she's a Palpatine, even on, you know, when, when she goes to Acho, and, uh, you know, he, who are you? Where are you from? Oh, that's nowhere. You know, like, he, he clearly doesn't know at that point in time, right? Mm -hmm. If we all take that acting and that story, he has no idea. 
But at some point, Leia finds out that she's a Palpatine. When? Where? How do we know this? Like, you know, and and you know, and I'm I'm all for, you know, she sees what's in her, not necessarily the name says who you are, but you know, you know, I can look into your soul through the forest, I can see that you have potential, you're good, you you mean well, even though that you're you know, the granddaughter of the worst person that ruled the galaxy for a millennia, um, you know, there's a difference in you. And, you know, there's, so there's just things that don't make sense. And, you know, uh, C-3PO, and I'm watching it now, you know, C-3PO reading the Sith dagger, but it's in his protocol that he cannot read it out loud to people. So you're telling me that Anakin Skywalker is nine years old that built this story from the <laughs> beginning, knew that Sith was bad and he couldn't. Now, part of me is like, you know, again, I read a lot of books. So we all know C-3PO has been wiped many, many times, mm-hmm. which also means that he's been reloaded many, many times. And he could be reloaded with the current galactic standard, which is, yes, reading Sith is bad. But, you know, some of the stuff, it, it just doesn't mesh. Like, it doesn't, story-wise, doesn't play well. And I get that we're trying to, you know, keep in mind that this this has happened over 40 years, right? A New Hope was over 40 years ago, and now we're here, and times have changed, and stories have changed, and now we have you know, Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance, and we have comics and things, and Disney bought them. So there's a lot of differences. But, you know, while stories do change, like, you have to keep that flow going. And there's just a lot in this movie I think doesn't flow. doesn't flow with what we had previously in movies. That doesn't flow with what we have in, in even cartoons. You know, still, still on the TV, but in a cartoon standpoint. And then for people like me that read the books or comics, um, you know, doesn't flow with what's in there. So I, I think there's a continuity continuity issue that could be going on in this movie a lot as well and it's i think those are things that are pretty evident there you know just ray you know leia not leia knowing who that ray was palpatine but luke not and you know c-3po can't read sith out loud to other people because it's against his program like it's just some of the stuff just you know obviously doesn't make sense i think that's kind of what throws off story-wise for me and why this movie was was i just didn't enjoy it from a overall story arc standpoint which is too many conflicting uh, plot points throughout the movie. Um, so and that's just my take on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I agree with you as far as the, uh, the Leia, the Leia knowing that she was a Palpatine. I, I actually, you know, and the thing is contrary to what a lot of people who love the last Jedi, but are not as big a fan as a Skywalker feel. I actually didn't mind the fact that Ray ends up being a Palpatine. I, you know, it, and I don't think to a certain extent it undoes what Last Jedi said, where Ben Solo said, where Kylo says, oh, you're nobody. You know, you're drunkards. It's like that's, that was her truth at that moment. That's what he knew. He didn't know the truth. And I like that what they do with that in this movie is they basically get to the point, like Daniel was saying, where, your name does not define you. Where you came from does not define you. It's only what, where you decide to go with what you are capable of that defines you. And I think that's what I really like about that. And what, and I do think they kind of stick that landing as far as Ray's origins um, in in this movie. Even though I my. And the C-3PO, it's like, I, I said that verbatim, I think, to you guys in a text, too, where it's like, yeah. okay, how, oh. how did Anakin know that this was pro existed exactly? 
Well, it's like um, what Dan just said. He's been he's been I, he's been wiped multiple times. He's also been re- reprogrammed multiple times. And, I, was, I, was, I was like I was like that's <laughs> actually a really good point. I thought that was a really good point that Dan just brought up. Though, yeah, about, I mean that about that, the whole C three PO that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, my as far as other things that are like because eh, the the C three PO scene. I mean, I know they played up the emotion of it hard in one of the trailers. Where it's like taking one last look at my friends, and then it's like, oh hey, R two D two can just basically restore yeah. his memories, and it's like, okay, you basically just undid this poignant moment here, and I, I, you know, to a certain extent, they kind of, I, it goes to another thing that I will admit I'm not a big fan of, which is the misdirect of Ray accidentally killing Stewie. You know, which I I look at is basically JJ giving paying homage to the multiple baskets that Marion is in in Raiders of Lost Ark, and that misdirect w- there where Indy thinks that Marion is dead, and then later she he finds out she's not. Oh, she was in a different basket. And it's like we kind yeah. of get that here too. It's just it doesn't have I. It doesn't have that weight because we we feel Ray's sense of guilt over it, but at the same time, we don't get much resolution on her part of oh he's alive. It just oh bam. I, I really like that scene though. That later on, when they're on Kajimi and they're like they're getting they're getting they're doing this stuff with uh, Babu Frick and three um, PO and and that scene where. Um, where Ray walks out and she looks up at the Star Destroyer and she's chewing, you know, and she's like, just kind of. I like the way she played. I thought that was actually enough of a pay payoff to that to that misdirect. So I don't know. I, I in, in, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was gonna say. So in the book, so it's, it's funny because I'm kind of with Brian. Like, so first off, and I don't trust me. I I I, I read uh, a Vector Prime where uh, R. A. Salvador kills Chewbacca and he he had death threats forever. Um, about that, and and I was one of those. Like I probably, if I was old enough, would have wrote him one as well because I was so heartbroken. But is that the one where I he's think, killed with honestly, a moon, killed by a moon? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So that was the beginning of the Je- new Jedi Order um, yeah. series. It was twenty books long. It's fantastic. Like that is a perfect uh, ultimate of you know. There's a person at the top in charge, and we're gonna give this to six different authors, and you're gonna write twenty books over this. And like there's a beginning, middle, and end in every single book, and overall. Anyways, fantastic book. You should read it. But uh, our series. But uh, it was one of those, you know, I, I don't want Chewie to die, but I felt like if they actually had killed Chewie off, like, there was more meaning to that sequence and that scene, especially with Ray being a Palpatine and, you know, how quickly the dark side can change you or, you know, how if you don't control your emotions. I felt like if they had left Chewie dead, that would have been far greater weight to the overall movie than, you know, playing the heartstrings of, oh, we killed him. Oh, no, we didn't. He's, he was here in the other basket. Uh, you know, I didn't like that. But in the book, though, specifically, like, the, the sequence, not much changes on Kajimi when she walks out, but it's the way that uh, 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 Carly writes the book that uh, you actually... So leading up to that moment, like, Ray is devastated. Like, uh, you know, they're they're in the asteroid trying to figure out where they're going next, and Ray's by herself, and, she, like, she's totally devastated, conflicting inf- uh, uh, thoughts going on, you know, really mad at herself. Uh, but then when they write the scene where, you know, they're on Kajimi and she sees the Star Destroyer and Phyllis Chewie, like the the words and, and the the feelings that are used to describe her emotions, her relatedness, was like fantastic. And in the movie, 
to me, you know, and I'm, I'm literally at that scene right now, just uh, actually they're fighting on the Star Destroyer and on the planet, Kylo and her, but, um, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, you just, you don't get that, you don't see that emotion, you don't see it on her face, you don't see it in the acting, it's just kind of like a, Chewie, he's I, up there, you know, I, it's kind of like, I, oh, okay. I personally dig but, it, though, that's the thing, I, I mean, I guess we just, we disagree on the way that scene was played and the quality yeah. of it, I mean, I, I actually, I liked, I liked, I liked the way that scene was, I liked the way that moment was played in the movie, personally, um, I don't know, like, you know, I mean, Ray is kind of like, Ray is, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, it, I, I'm just going to roll, and Ray, in a lot, of, a lot of aspects, the character Ray is a, is a bit of a Mary Sue, but, um, and too, a little too powerful, but um, I've really been enjoying, for the most part, the way Daisy Ridley has played the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was just, I thought, I really did feel like that's that moment that we're talking about was actually played relatively well um regardless of the the rush regardless regardless of the rush nature of the of the of the the story and everything like i don't know i i i i have been legitimately enjoying watching daisy ridley in in this in this in this part regardless of the fact regardless of her character the character being a little too powerful in a lot of ways but anyway I, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I actually, uh, I, I was gonna have that in my notes, just mentioning that uh, this is probably Daisy Ridley's best performance uh, for for me, at least, uh, out of the, uh, the the new trilogy. Uh, and uh, and yeah, you know, I I, but I'm also more on on Daniel and perhaps maybe Brian's side when, you know, it's not like I wanted Chewie to die, but um, if he had died, that would have been a better <clears throat> story point for me. Uh, than, than than what what they actually did, even though you know obviously Daisy did her her best to 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 make an emotional moment happen when um, when when he was discovered to be alive, uh, you know, uh, and 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 I just feel like um, you know there was a lot of storytelling done to just like hurry hurry the plot along, you know, and a, a lot of story a lot, a lot of contrived moments, contrived story point moments, just 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 for either as fan service or just to move the story along. And you know we can make a bunch of rationalizations and stuff like that, but you know maybe we shouldn't be making all those rationalizations just to make the story make sense or make the story be palatable. Um, you know you just you know you, you need you, you should have better storytelling, so you shouldn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know when I when I when I compare how I feel and think about various story points with uh, this movie versus like say uh, Infinity War, it's just like with Infinity War, I just don't even have to think because everything's so explained so 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 well um yeah again it has it has its issues too all these movies have issues storytelling has issues um you know at, at some point your imagination has to come in and and fill in the gaps um but uh but it's just it's just a night and day difference for me uh and so and so I've, i feel like there's too much rationalization that has to happen uh with star wars uh, but with Rise of Skywalker, uh, um, you know, in order to in order to like make the story kind of work in your head, mm-hmm. you know, just just too much contrived stuff just to kind of move things along, uh, and and it just it just does a disservice to, uh, to to some of the acting, which is actually pretty good in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what do we think of the way they did uh, Leia in this movie? I. I think they did as well as they possibly could, given the circumstances. I I don't think the performance is completely believable, but at the same time, you know, it's it's basically used footage that they rotoscoped 
to try to build a performance. And I think as far as what they do with Leia, as far as the importance that Leia has in this particular story, because this was originally going to be, Leia was going to be the central character after Luke was in Last Jedi and Han was in Force Awakens. I I think they did as I think they did a pretty decent job of accomplishing that, even if the technical tools are not completely there. Well, see, here's the thing. I mean, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get back on my Brian Johnson hate train because okay, here's the thing: is there was no, is there not some controversy about? Um, I mean, didn't uh, Ryan Johnson? Uh, after uh, after they were done filming um, Last Jedi, and Carrie Fisher did pass away, they had they had roughly like a year, did they not? In between, like you know, to like to like change things and make it more, make it make the make the story make more sense, you know, for like the next movie. And like Ryan Johnson, you know, dug in his heels and like said, "No, we're we're gonna we're sticking with my vision because maybe you know, just I'm I'm again, I'm sorry, like that. The, just the the more I think about like you know like. The fact that, like, again, he he did what he did to this to this to this story, this trilogy, and you know, I, I don't know. I I think some of the, th- I think a lot a, again a a, um, a lot of a lot of the damage that was done, I think, can be very easily be traced back to what Ryan Johnson did with with Last Jedi, and I don't know if I don't know if there's any feedback to that. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't um, know that there was a story like where um, uh, he pushed, and so, and so, so they, they basically re- like, like, like ran out of time, I guess, in, in order to get get a better story written, even though after after Leia passed, is that, is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is like, yeah, after after um, that's the thing. Like they were they were done filming, uh, they were done filming uh, Last Jedi, and mm-hmm. um, Carrie Fisher. Passed away, roughly six or seven months before the movie was even supposed to come out, and mm-hmm. and um, they had all this time to to change things around to make it you know make the make make the fact that she's no longer with us make more sense to the movies. And Ryan Johnson uh, insisted that like they stick with what he what he did with 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 the movie he made. Does anyone? Oh, I mean, are, are we on the same page here? Well, yeah, so, so, so I think your timeline's a little off. So uh, Carrie Fisher passed away um, in December sixteen, right? Yes. And no, uh, no, didn't like, the last Jedi? Didn't the last Jedi come out in sixteen? No, seventeen. They had they had Was roughly oh, okay. they had roughly a year to to okay. uh, to mess with the you know to to tinker with the story and tinker with with the final cut of the film. To, gotcha. to make to make it to you see what I'm saying they, they had yeah. they had, ru- they had roughly a year to tinker with things to make it more more sense you know here the- here's what I will say to that I I think I I I have a feeling that that is probably speculation from hardcore Ryan Johnson haters and Last Jedi haters because even Colin Trevorrow said that the third part of the trilogy was always going to be Carrie Fisher. It was always going to be Leia. So I know if if they wanted to, if Kathleen Kennedy wanted to get the ending changed in a way that made sense, there's no reason to think that she couldn't have. 
because of the fact that she had done she had already done so getting heavy reshoots on Rogue One. We know that Lord and Miller were removed from solo after that wasn't working. And Trevorrow wasn't working on episode nine. So I have a thing. There, there's, I, there's, so there's, there's a thing. I, with I feel like that is purely speculation. I, I, Even though, yes, you're right, they did have a year that they could have made it work a bit more. But the fact of the matter is that, again, for me, that goes back to the fact that if there's a way to get – there was plenty of ways – that they could have gone through that with making paying tribute to Carrie Fisher's death and doing something with Leia that didn't involve Leia being in nine that would have worked and everybody would have understood it because you could have just had it. You could have had the crawl being like, cause the movie takes place a year after last Jedi. You wouldn't know that from the crawl, but you, it takes place a year after Last Jedi, so who's to say that Leia doesn't pass away in that interim time? And it's Poe in charge of the Resistance now. I mean, the fact of the matter is, strong storytellers are going to find a way around things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, f- and the fact of the matter is, if you look at the Admittedly, you know, problematic track record of Lucasfilm for the past few movies as far as the way that the productions of Rogue One, Solo, and Nine went, there's no reason to think that Kathleen Kennedy couldn't have forced her arm onto Last Jedi if she was insistent that something get changed out know, of respect for Carrie Fisher. Kathleen head. Kenny and Ryan Johnson have, have just, I don't know, like they, they, I don't know, they, they have, they have a, they have a working relationship that Kenny obviously didn't have with a lot of the other directors. I don't think like, I mean, like you can, you can, you can see that like, you know, in her in interviews, like the way she talks about Ryan Johnson versus the way, you know, she talks about the other directors, you know, I mean like, you know, maybe, maybe to, maybe to a lesser extent with JJ, but like, I'm just saying like, Kenny and, and Johnson had a relationship that Kenny didn't have with any of the other directors. You know what I mean? Like she, yeah. she, she had, she had more. She, she, for some reason, trusted him more with you know with with you know with everything with every aspect of the movie that she wasn't trusting with the other directors. I mean, like there's there's not that you can't you can't not say that like you know there's there's you know, you can't not you can't I I don't know I can't not look at that as like a little bit of a red flag. I don't know. So, so what I would say is that I, I completely agree with you. I think that they had a great working relationship because the movie, The Last Jedi, wasn't even released, and it was already announced, and I think he even signed the contract that he was going to write a trilogy that takes place in a different part of time and a different part of Star Wars universe than what we'd seen. Clearly, you know, they worked well, and she liked what she saw. And for me, obviously, I like The Last Jedi, so I'm excited potentially if this trilogy is still happening that I think it was, you know, there is a good working relationship there, but um, you know, kind of get back to what Brian was asking about. You know, Carrie Fisher. Like, I, I thought the the fact that they wanted to reuse footage they had that wasn't used, uh, you know, to pay tribute to her as opposed to recasting. I was completely against recasting. I know yeah. that was a topic the last time about like Meryl Streep and a couple other people that might be able to pull it off. Um, I was one hundred percent. I think Dave was on board with me. We were one hundred percent against recasting Carrie Fisher. Um, 
So I like the, the footage they used. I thought the footage they used and, and the way they implemented the movie, I thought it was pretty good. Um, some of the things that stood out to me uh, from a highlight standpoint was, uh, as in Carrie's Fisher character, you know, the you know Leia in there was not necessarily the footage they reused, but even the footage they made up. Uh, you know, the sequence of Luke training her, they're training um, yeah. in, on on the the planet, um, and and you know Leia, you know, as Luke is telling Ray, you know, Leia puts down her lightsaber, you know. Uh, because she saw the future, she saw that she was going to lose Ben, you know, her son, um, to, to to you know, if she kept it for training, she would ultimately lose her son. So she put down her her saber uh, and went back to what she knew best, you know, politics and and that sort of thing. And I thought that was like the you know, if you talk about you know, writing in its finest, you know, creating something new with what you have, you know, we've reused all this Leia footage, uh, and Leia passed. Keep in mind when this scene comes along, Leia's already gone, right? This is after Leia's gone, and this is when Ray goes to to Akshow and blows up, you know, the the tide the, the the tie fighter she was in, and she's interacting with Luke. So Leia's gone, and and then now we have this clear cut, fresh sequence that yes, it happens way back before during Leia's yeah. training, but this is an after the fact, and that that was I thought like perfect tie in to you know one you know yeah you can continue your training, uh, but she saw you know a vision of the future of what potentially would happen, so she puts down her saber. Uh, to ultimately, hopefully, save her son, and then go back to what she knew best—you know, politics and and that sort of thing. And then, you know, as, as we all know throughout the whole saga, uh, Anakin has visions of what he thought the future was going to be, and it was wrong, right? He had visions that his wife was going to die in childbirth, which is true, she did, but it was because of him and the choices he made. You know, uh, Luke Luke goes to Cloud City to save his friends. Well, technically, he did not save his friends. His friends saved him. And oh, by the way, Han Solo's frozen carbonite. So again. Another force vision that was completely wrong, um, and you know, and then here's the, here's the sequence where Leia has a force vision during her training that if she kept training, she would lose her son. So she quits her training, gives her lightsaber to Luke, which Ray ends up getting, and in the best sequence in the movie outside of the Leia, because to me the Leia uh, training was the best sequence. But then the next best sequence is when Ray gives the lightsaber to Ben Solo, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Exegol. That's like hands down the best sequence. And call back to Last Jedi and the fantasticness of the writing of Ryan Johnson, um, <laughs> but you know, just she was able to save her son, right? So she saw a vision and she followed her heart. And she was able to save her son. She's able to save the Resistance, ultimately defeat de- defeat the First Order and the Final Order. Um, so you know, I, I thought Leia overall was really, really well done with what they had. Uh, you can definitely tell there are moments you can tell where it was reused footage. The, the background mm-hmm. didn't match. The background of the planet they're on, or what they're wearing, is not what they're actually wearing in the yeah. current sequences. So there's there's definitely little things there, but that, that's like nitpicking at that point. You know, we're we're talking about a character and and a, a human being, you know, Carrie Fisher, that was so predominant in the role that she was, to not recast her and to use footage and to make the best story. And I, I thought from that standpoint, that was the best overall story that we got in this whole thing was the way they utilized Carrie Fisher and the previously unused footage. And then the little excerpt of what they did create with the training scheme. Yeah. So that's, I thought, I thought it was well done. I, th- I thought it was perfect. I don't think you could ask for any better from J.J. Uh, Abrams with regards to Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia and, and what we had. So, yeah. Be- before, before Dave chimes in, I do want to say, Daniel, uh, when you do get Rise of Skywalker, the documentary on the uh, finishing up the saga, there's an ex- they, they do an excellent job explaining what they did to create the Leia footage, and it's really, it's it's basically the highlight of the entire documentary. Yeah, some of, some of it's her daughter, I'm, isn't it? I'm, yeah, 
yeah. some of it was Billy Lord yeah. uh, as a stand-in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I definitely am interested to have you uh, see that one. Okay, yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, so so now now I'm chiming in. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I have too much more to say. Uh, you, you know, I think um, uh, you know Leia was handled as 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 best as as, as could be expected. You know, uh, in, in in this movie. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought I had read some, some some people didn't like uh, some of the things um, with her. Uh, maybe some some moments felt too contrived or something like that. But I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't necessarily feel that. I mean, I you know, I guess sort of the the, the reason you know her the reason why she kind of died, you know, at least in the in the movie may, may have been you know kind of kind of rushed and that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, but overall, uh, you know, I, I definitely thought they did, uh, the best with, with what they had. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't feel like, um, you know, what they did, uh, diminished, you know, her, her legacy in these movies or anything of that nature. Um, so I was, I was totally happy, uh, with, uh, with what they did with Leia in here. Uh, and, and, and just to touch on something that Ron had mentioned earlier, um, just in terms of Kathleen Kennedy and her relationship with Ryan Johnson, um, and and her ability to maybe um, affect the, the, the movies, which you know obviously she, she did on, on multiple occasions. You know, uh, I you know I, I just her affecting a movie and, and to make it sort of a better story. You know, I'm just not I'm not entirely sure. Uh, you know, if I would depend on her for, on that to like fix story points. You know, I just I'm not, I'm not sure if she's like. Uh, that's that's in her wheelhouse. Not not that you know. So some other parts aren't, um, and uh, you know, I, and, and 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 I know we've referenced a couple of times like if the, the handoff had been in the hands of a better storyteller, and I just in the, in the hands of a good storyteller, then certain things would have happened. And I just I am I am this Rise of Skywalker overall has made me a little bit more down on J.J. Abrams, who I had just always given a pass and I always thought was great. I just don't think. He's not a bad storyteller. Uh, he's just not <clears throat> as innovative as a storyteller as I once mm-hmm. thought he was. Mm-hmm. And so, this handoff to him, uh, he just—I—I I, I just don't necessarily think he was the 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 right guy or had the right skill set uh, to make to to make it all work. Mm-hmm. I I think that's I think that's certainly fair. And I I will say in in. Abrams defense on this he was coming in on a after Colin Trevorrow had been uh dismissed and I do know that right. some ideas of his have come out in uh and that the title was going to be Duel of the Fates and there have been some story ideas and I think there's like different uh treatments or anything like that that are out and about I haven't read any of them, but I mean, I do know that there are some that have made people think that, well, maybe it would have been a better movie if they'd stuck with Trevorrow as opposed to uh, getting rid of him and bringing in Abrams. Um, have any has anybody actually read any of the uh, stuff from uh, Trevorrow? I have not. I have not read. Um, oh, geez. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> I've not. I haven't read uh, anything. But like, there was there was actually a really. Int- I sent Dave the link to. I don't know if Dave watched it, but I sent Dave a link the other night. Yep. To uh, did you watch that, Dave? No. Yeah, I did. Okay. 
It was it's 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 a it's a short it's a short on uh, YouTube. It's a little anime, a little piece of animation of a of a you know a summarization, summarizing basically what uh, Trevorrow's script was entail was going to entail. And again, I don't know if like I don't know if my views on this whole thing are 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 too simplistic or not, but. Um, it didn't. I didn't find it as uh, compelling as what we got with uh, Rise of Skywalker. That's just that was just my honest gut reaction. Um, Dave, what what did you think of that little little, little video? Yeah, I think? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I felt the same way, and you know, I mean, it's it's hard to say. Like, would would that story uh, that that he was writing have gone through more treatments, more refinement? You know, you know, who knows? Kind of what would have happened there. Or since it was kind of wild, wild west story-wise, and you know there was nobody kind of at the hot top keeping things cohesive, but they have just kind of let him run with it. Obviously, they didn't, you know. But but what if? Um, so so uh, my my hope my hope would have been like what what he would have done would have gone through some refinement uh, because what what I've seen at least of it wasn't uh, that in, engaging, you know. Um, yeah. It wasn't that wasn't that great. So I mean, so I, I read the script, and it's it's one of those. Um, obviously, it's only part of a script, and we don't know how much is really true. I mean, keep in mind, right? The media nowadays, what's true, what's not. So, kind of take some of this up with a grain of salt. But you know, the 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 script that I read, it was one of those. It was actually really intriguing. Uh, what I did like about the script is there's some callbacks, um, you know, to some of the originals. Um, uh, it's uh, I was actually just briefing up on like make sure i remember some of the stuff because like the callbacks like there's a callback uh where she they actually meet each other on mortis and fight ray and kylo ren meet on mortis and fight and as we know it's probably one of the best uh clone wars arcs to date although siege of mandalore is getting pretty darn close to figure out it's actually better than the mortis arc but um you know and but some of the callbacks were uh you know uh, Kylo Ren goes to, to Moon Safar and he finds actually Sith Holocron of Palpatine and it's his training with his uh, former master um, and so he's going through that and then he ends up leaving the training uh, because of a vision he had that is like similar to what was on Dagobah uh, that that Luke saw with Darth Vader and you know he defeats Darth Vader but to see it was him except in this one it was he was defeated by Rey so he goes to find Rey to kill her so it, it's one of those like there's some callbacks there they're really cool um, you know playing homage to the original, um, but at the same time kind of having a touch of its own and and also, you know, tying in some of the newer stuff like Clone Wars and Mortis. So it was one of those, um, you know, I, I was a big fan of, of Colin Trevorrow in uh, Jurassic World. I, I think almost everybody loved it. I, there's not many people I know that didn't like Jurassic World. And, you know, I think Colin Trevorrow is actually a very well, um, he's, he's got lots of good credentials in terms of directing and the ability to, to reboot uh, you know, obviously a, a big franchise, and I thought he had the tools to really finish a franchise. Um, I was excited. I remember in the early days, he said, with all the technology we have now, why can't we have a Star Wars movie that's filmed in space? Yeah. And what one of the things he was talking about was he wanted to literally send up cameras into space and to film what space really looks like and then turn that into the backdrop for some of the battle sequences and what we actually have, where to date, every Star Wars movie that we have and all the... The, the space sequences we have, it's all computer generated. It, it's actually not a real live shot of space. And so I was actually pretty excited about that. I thought that was an innovative idea, um, you know, kind of moving forward in terms of what things could be. And just knowing how well he did with Jurassic World and some of the other movie credits to him, 
I thought he was a, a kind of a good candidate to close this out, but obviously Kathleen Kennedy had other ideas. And, you know, it, it was not to say that while we as fans think he might have been a, a good director or might have had good ideas, um, you know, maybe it just didn't mesh with the overall story. And, and again, that's, again, go back to the leadership being an issue, right? Because clearly we, we all agree that the three movies had different storytelling points throughout the whole thing. Uh, maybe that his was so far off from where Ryan Johnson was and where J.J. was from The Force Awakens that he really wasn't fit. And, and Kathleen, uh, you know, clearly saw that up front and, and, you know, just they, they mutually, and they mutually just, you know, parted. It wasn't like he was fired. They both mutually, you know, went now. There's always the, the force firing, right? So he, he was forcibly removed, but it was a, a mutual thing in that scenario. So uh, I, I, again, I, I don't, even, even if Colin Trevorrow is in charge of this, I, I still think that, Again, just the rift that we had in fandom because of The Last Jedi, I don't think there's going to be a perfect director. I don't think there was anybody that could have done a fantastic job of closing this out with what they were left with. I think J.J. did the best he could. I accept that he did the best he could. Um, you know, I, I don't think I, I don't diminish this uh, to his credentials of what he's done movie in, in the industry. I don't think this takes away from anything else. Uh, I think it was just... You know, he had to find a way to wrap this all up in a in a under three hour time period, and he had to do it without the star of Carrie Fisher to to close it all out. So, you know, I, I thought I thought it was the, the best he could, and you know, Colin Trevorrow may not have been able to do anything else better, honestly. So yeah, I do know uh, Daniel that Colin Trevorrow on Twitter has sort of confirmed that a lot of the things that are in that treatment that are out there uh, were in fact his idea i i do know he's he's confirmed that yeah i mean that's basically yeah i mean that's that's you know it's it, it was representative of sort of his vision of uh what nine will have been um just to clarify what what you were saying there uh yeah i you know and the thing is it's like with trevorrow it's i really like his first film safety not guaranteed i think it's a great little sci-fi movie uh on a low budget and it it really nails the characters i i think jurassic world is entertaining i i don't think any of the jurassic sequels hold a candle to the original i think they're they all basically get into a formula of uh they're essentially a godzilla type franchise where it's like oh hey this happens and then everything runs amok uh, but yeah, I, I think Jurassic World was successful. Uh, the film he did after that, uh, Book of Henry, was not good at all. And I, I think, I think the reaction to that was a big part of was part of the reason that um, they ended up parting ways as well because of the fact that uh, that that film just takes such a crazy direction with its story and it really left a bad taste in a lot of critics mouth and yeah i i wasn't a big fan of it myself so i i kind of i think that was part of it in addition to some of the story ideas that uh you were you were talking about daniel um i let's see we've we've touched on a lot of uh I, I was I was interested, Daniel, because of the fact that from earlier, because you you mentioned that uh, you you were not particularly fond of the idea that Ben gets redeemed in this one, 
I it it would have been much more interesting to you if he hadn't uh, been redeemed, and I I think that's actually an interesting idea. It's sort of uh, you know, it's it's it would have sort of flown in the face to a certain extent would have flown in the face of what we had seen earlier because the prequel and and it really could have and it also kind of would have gone back to uh really Revenge of the Sith, where you think about it, it's like it's basically the fall of Anakin Skywalker uh before the redemption. I think it would have I think if if they had written it um, well, I think that would have been an interesting dynamic because of the fact that one of the things I was always kind of interested about with Kylo uh, in this in this trilogy is the fact that he basically ignores the fact that Anakin redeemed himself. He he's going off of what he knows of Vader as mm. opposed to uh, not sort of taking into account the fact that Anakin did redeem himself. And that's that's always been one of the more interesting aspects of the character for me. So so actually I I'm curious what your guys' thoughts were. So we've talked about Carrie Fisher, right? And you know, we all know Harrison Ford was in The Force Awakens, Mark Hamill was, you know, Last Jedi. Carrie Fisher's been all through them. But uh what what are your guys' thoughts on uh Lando and you know Billy D. Williams? Like what what did you think of I I I've I played and I love I yeah. love watching Billy D. Williams in this one. It's it's so it's so obvious he's having just a fuck ton of fun with this 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 with this character in, in this movie. I I, I love watching Lan- I love watching Billy D. Williams in this movie. I, I actually get a real kick out of it uh, personally. Yeah, I, I like I, I like watching them in it too. Um, uh, he's the, clearly the, having so much fun with it. Him. Yeah, yeah. How they introduced him was 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 painful. There's there, there's some. Some some moments in the movies that were so contrived and and so like laughably bad uh, that 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 that, uh, that uh, I just laughed at, at the exact wrong time. That was his introduction was one of them. Uh, but uh, but I like that part. The, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, well, but 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 his 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 acting was was fine. It was obvious that they, he was having a, a good time and enjoying um, you know being being back in it. So so uh, so I. I, I like Billy D. Williams, um, you know, but but plot wise, getting him in there, I thought was uh, to, to, totally totally ham fisted, uh, and and uh, and just to reference kind of what Brian was talking about previously as well, um, uh, I actually would have would have been very interested, particularly if it had gone over the arc of three movies, if somehow uh, we could have seen a contrast where um, maybe um, um, Kylo redeemed himself, but Ray went to the dark side. Uh, with 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 Snoke perhaps, um, and and maybe like at the very end, Ray did like a sort of a partial redemption, um, but 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 Kylo actually turned out to be the good guy. I thought that might have been interesting, um, uh, or 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 like like Daniel said, just a straight up, you know, Kylo's the bad guy, and and, and we and it's a, a little bit more of a good versus evil between the two. But but I always I always thought that Ray going dark would have been. Or at least darker, you know, like maybe they touched on it a little bit with the whole, you know, killing Chewie thing, but not killing Chewie. Um, but I, I also thought her going dark would have been an interesting place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm a, uh, so I'm at the, I'm actually watching a scene right now where uh, the vision, my favorite part of the movie, where Leia and Luke are training. But uh, so my thing on on Lando, so so kind of two things. So Billy Williams is like 
he, he literally it's Lando again, right? So much time has passed since the last time we saw him in Return of the Jedi that I, I don't think like any time passed at all. Like this dude straight up walked from Return of the Jedi, aged <laughs> and walked right into this movie and is identically the same person character. Like he's just so he's got those kind of like little witty comments that's just like so like not not like he's not like hilarious, but it's just the way he acts. It's just like man, that, that's good. Um, I completely agree with you, Dave. Though that it's it's terrible the way they introduced him. And it's just kind of like really like that. That's how we meet him, you know, on Pasana when these these guys are here trying to find a Sith dagger, and you know, oh, he he happens to be on Pasana, um, you know, and and oh, by the way, he's on Pasana because that's where Luke was, where they found this dude who was looking for the Sith dagger, but he's been there this entire time, yeah. still looking for this dagger. Yeah, Luke's gone, <laughs> uh, and he's still here. And oh, by the way, his daughter was taken from him at a young age and, you know, potentially, you know, yeah. a first order stormtrooper, but he's still on the stupid planet looking for a stupid Sith dagger. And it just, again, we, we go back over it. It's, it's, you can beat it all you want, but storytelling is just awful, you know, overall in this movie to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, a, a final movie arc sort of thing. But, uh, and the other thing I have to kind of say is that, you know, um, I love Lando and I love Billy D like the, those two is, again, it's like Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia that that's them. Um, and I was excited to see Billy D back in the saddle. Uh, I was not particularly a fan, and I, and I know that all three of you guys liked him, but I was not particularly a fan of Donald Glover as Lando. Not that he was terrible; he was not terrible, but it just he didn't fill Billy D to me. He didn't he didn't have that I don't know that charisma that that thing. He tried to, and he did a good enough job. But it was just nice to see Billy D back in Lando's shoes versus Donald Glover mm-hmm. uh, from Solo Lando shoes. So I, I was. I enjoyed that sequence a lot, you know, just having Lando back. And then I think where where Billy D had his his best moment, and I think everybody probably agree was, um, you know, Leia just passed, and Poe was at you know her bedside with her her body that was you know covered, and and we see Lando again. He comes from Pasana there, mm-hmm. you know, supposedly to talk to Leia, and of course he's just too late. You know, that's the way it's described in the book. He arrived just too late right after he passed, but just kind of the. Uh, that you know we didn't have anything but we had each other and, and that's what kind of kept the rebellion going that's what keeps the resistance going that's how you lead is you lead with nothing that you think is nothing but the friendship and just the trust that you have in your comrades around you and 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 i kind of like that I, I thought that was his uh you know he had a small you know small role in this movie but yeah. i think that sequence that scene was the most pivotal uh, in terms of, you know, kind of tying in the old generation, you know, of Leia, Luke, and Han, and Lando, into the new generation of Ray, Poe, and Finn. Um, yeah, I thought that was kind of like the perfect sequence phase, you know, the the wordage and the everything that went on there, I think, was, was perfect for it. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I uh, enjoyed it uh, a lot. I, I, I like seeing him back in the saddle, and I think part of it, too, I think part of him joining was uh, really... Uh, the fact that Carrie was gone and they're still, you know, again, trying to flush in the old characters into this movie to help tie it all together. I think he did a very good job of what he did. So, yeah, I, I would, I would definitely agree as far as uh, Billy D. Williams performance. I, I don't think I disliked the uh, introduction as much as you guys did, but I, mean, I, I did. I did like the introduction. I, I, I personally did. I personally did. I, I thought I, it was cool. I, I do understand why it was painful. And Daniel brings up an excellent point. The fact that he was, he he's been in Pisano all this time, and oh, even though his his daughter, his supposed daughter had been uh, it had been uh, taken by the First Order, and you know who knows how long it passed since Luke and he had been uh, searching for 
the Sith dagger and um, it's yeah, but I I do agree with you, Daniel. That scene with him and uh, Poe at the end, near the end, before the big battle at the end, is uh, fantastic. It's it really does tie in a lot of the ideas of uh, friendship and just you know bring these two generations of uh, characters together in a in in an in a way that makes sense. From a uh, storytelling standpoint, as well as emotional stand standpoint, we uh, is is there uh, anything else that anybody else wants to uh, bring up? Uh, I do want to bring up one small thing. It's it's nothing major. But I'm, I'm you know they're about to fly. I'm watching the movie and they're flying to Exegol now. And uh, you know a scene that actually. So we we talk about how things are not together, you know, how at the head of the, you know, the storyboard of Lucas is Lucas films is not together. And, you know, of course you guys all know that I read books. I'm a very hardcore book person. And, um, you know, one of the things that I don't like about this movie is, and, uh, you know, so snap Wexley, who is, uh, um, uh, what's his name? The it's JJ Abrams buddy who was in yeah. lost. And, uh, I can't think of the actor's name, but, uh, you know, that, that's snap Wexley. And, and this is kind of like a clear thing where books and comics and movies and stuff don't mesh. They like they don't work well. Is that Snap Wexley? There's there's a trilogy called the Aftermath trilogy, and it's what happens directly leading up to uh, uh, the Force Awakens and everything like that, and and what we have on Jakku. You know, the Battle of Jakku. Um, and Snap Wexley, uh, he's actually his name is uh, is Teeman Wexley, Tem Temin Wexley. Uh, Snap is just his nickname, but he's a huge character in the trilogy. Uh, he he built a, a, a droid to protect him called Mr. Bones. He's actually a destroyer droid that he rebuilt and programmed. Um, and in this movie, it's just kind of one of those like where they don't pay attention. They just like they just kill him off like that with no, like like it doesn't mean anything, right? And and I get the idea of you know killing characters. You know, not everybody can live, and I got that. But you know, from a book standpoint, like this, a lot of people that read books love uh, the Aftermath trilogy. It's probably the best trilogy we have to date um and even better than the thrawn trilogy that timothy zahn wrote but you know just they kill off a character that was vital and not only that it, it's not explained unless you read the books that's wedge antilles son uh wedge uh, you know adopted son or not adopted son but uh, married in son um uh Timon's mom uh nora and wedge get married and nora actually had wex uh snap with another dude that passed away but you know it's just it's one of those like the uh, uh, interesting point to kind of tie everything together and you know it's not really flushed out well in any of the movies and then they just kill him for no reason uh you know there, there's of, lots of that, pilots in the that guy. kind of they could have left him alone and you know they they so when he blows up i'm watching the movie i'm sitting there i'm like you just killed off one of the, the best characters in a trilogy and like they had so much to do with this guy and it was like nobody you know it's just kind of and then there's no sequence of you know, Wedge until he's in grand. There's not a lot of end sequence, but you don't see Wedge until he's sad about his son being dead or anything like that. It's just kind of, again, it just goes back to you can see how you know, like Dave was saying from the get go, like Disney bought Lucas Films, had this idea. It's a cash cow, and it truly is. It still is a cash cow. I mean, you you can see how screwed up some of the stuff is, and they're still raking in millions and billions of dollars at this point. But it's just they have no, they 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 don't have like a fundamental basis of where they want to go with this. Um, I think we're seeing it now. Uh, they announced a new series of books that's going to take place, um, you know, uh, way before, you know, way before uh, the Republic and everything like that. Back at the, actually the beginning of the Republic, but uh, and that starts coming out in the summer. But it's, you know, up to this point, there's been those. Oh, let's just throw some stuff together. Let's throw a trilogy together. Let's make some movies. 
oh, uh, we're kind of running out of ideas. Uh, there's a plot hole in A New Hope. Let's let's make Rogue One, which was a fantastic movie. And oh, uh, everybody loves uh, Han Solo. Let's let's go make a movie about him and his beginning. And we necessarily have to have that. And you know, and, and the books and comics is like the filler. It's like the stuff that happens in between that kind of gives you some content, but not necessarily a lot of new or creative content. So it's kind of, you know, I, I hope that we see a turning point here. I, I like the idea of this. Um, you know, since the, the Rise of Skywalker is kind of a, a hold, we don't have any movies coming out for a while. Um, we do have TV shows, The Mandalorian, which is a huge hit. Um, Clone Wars, the final season, I, you know, I, Brian and I watch it, and I think we agree, like, it's it's amazing and fantastic. But, um, you know, it's just, I think we're, to this point, we haven't had a good story, a good direction in the overall theme of Star Wars. Uh, but, again, I, I hope we're turning that corner and, and we're going to see some pretty amazing stuff I'm, I'm pretty psyched about some of the books that are coming out so but that's all that's all i have you know just kind of a small little fine point but for a book person like myself you know just killing a very vital and important character was it's brutal it's brutal that, that kind of blew my mind just now that like uh, okay so so what, what's the character's name snap snap yeah that's he's wedged until he's illegitimate son or so, yeah. Well. Well. No. 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 Not. Not illegitimate. So. So. Stepson. Uh, so. So. Snap's mom. So. Snap's mom and dad. Uh, and it's not in the books, but you know, Snap's mom and dad. There. There's another dad, and then he he dies somehow. I forget what happens. He 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 dies, and and in, in, it's like a pre. You know, not in the book, but it kind of mentions it a little bit. Um. So it's just Snap, and then his mom is actually a, a rebellion fighter. She actually aban- quote unquote abandons him, or that's what he feels. Uh, to be raised with his aunts while she goes off to to fight in the rebellion, mm. and then she comes back and finds him, um, and so like they reunite, and then uh, Wedge and Tilly's meets Nora in the trilogy, and they end up getting married. So yeah, it's Wedge and Tilly's, uh, you know, uh, 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 steps on is, okay. is who it actually is. I was like, that, that's interesting but, because like we we have we do in fact have that random. A cutaway to to old Wedge in the uh, Battle of Exegol. I'm yeah. like that. That just that just that 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 gives that that gives that scene some some new kind of that not necessarily meaning, but maybe some layers, more new layers to that scene a little bit. I don't know. That's I I yeah, had a real, yeah. I, I'd really I had a really interesting reaction to that just now. Like when you when I found that out when when you were talking about that. That's actually really interesting but yeah like yeah but we do have we do have that really random uh cutaway to 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 old wedge i'm like which does feel a little abrupt every time i every time i I watch the movie but uh regardless i don't know yeah that was that was that was that was an interesting point i thought yeah yeah uh the the other thing actually just one more thing to point out so remember the end of last jedi right they they sent out a call for help and like nobody comes uh, and, and it's even brought up again in this movie when they're on Kajimi. He's talking to uh, to, to Zori. You know, hey, that'll create. You know, we sent out a call and nobody came. Uh, but an interesting thing that wasn't mentioned unless you read books was in Rebel Rising or not Rebel Rising, uh, Resistance Reborn, was <clears throat> that the Force Order was going around and any sympathizers or previous uh, political figures that had any sort of uh, ties to to the Resistance, whether it was a political tie or a family tie or even a rebellion tie, uh, you know, they were rounding up and executing or, you know, putting them, uh, enslaving them. So it was kind of a thing where, because it is unique that my, you know, another great part of this movie was I enjoy the scene where all of a sudden all these ships just like show up. Right. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, where did they get this force? And it's like, that's not a force. That's just people. Right. 
it, it was kind of cool that all these people like finally showed up because like this is the final like battle now or end. But they didn't really tie in like you know why did nobody show up at crate? Like we don't understand. Like so they sent out a signal and nobody shows up. But like when they sent out a signal, was it like one day, two days? How long were they on crate before you know like they get off a of crate? You know, and it, it was it really enough time for somebody to show up? Um, but it's just an interesting thing that they again some of this stuff. It's I, I enjoy as you know I enjoy reading because there's some sometimes there's so much more they can so much more they can flush out or sometimes it adds more value to the movies like you know the, the movies are good but the movies are made better by books in my mind you know there's more detail that's added in or or more story layers are added in in the books that you know you, you only have two and a half hours to make a great movie right how much storytelling can you do in two and a half hours versus if you have books an unlimited amount of books or comics like you can do so much more with that. Yep, I, I agree, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a book guy myself. I haven't done too much reading um, on Star Wars, but uh, but um, I, I think I'll, you know, if, if, if they're coming out with new, new stuff, I didn't realize they're coming out with new books. But you know, if they're, if they're doing that, then I might I might start start with that kind of and 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 maybe work my way back from there. But I know my older brother um, has, has done a lot of reading of the Star Wars books. Um, but I, yeah, I just wanted to mention. Well, first of all, uh, just we, we didn't touch too much on like audio or visual, but um, you know, I I had always thought that the Last Jedi was a um, beautiful looking movie uh, visually, and and uh, and actually took a step up from not not, not that Force Awakens was bad, but that I just it, it felt uh, Last Jedi felt even crisper to me um, in in terms of, uh, in terms of the visuals. Uh, and and uh, and and the rise of Skywalker did not take a step back from that. I thought the visuals looked looked very, very good as well. Um, and then um, uh, from the, in terms of the uh, the score, it felt like this time um, John Williams didn't didn't go quite as, as wide, but but he went deeper. And, and it felt like um, you know there was more layers and more textures to things that we already knew. Uh, and uh, and and there's, if there was some like there was themes that I thought couldn't have sounded any better uh, previously that have that sounded even better in this movie because because of just kind of what what, what he added to it. Um, so you know, and that just that just goes to to show like his his talent and his skill. Uh, and then the the other thing I wanted to add uh, was kind of kind of to what uh, Daniel was talking about is that. Um, you know, I when uh, one of the shows you guys know I like is Sherlock, and I think I mentioned this before uh, with um, Stephen Moffat and John Gaddis or Mark Gaddis who 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 wrote that show. They they talked about how they approached everything as canon, right? So the books, uh, all the all the movies, the TV shows, they, they they try to incorporate all that elements in all those elements in there. They they try to be egoless in terms of that. Uh, and and you can almost kind of feel how um, even the Benedict Cumberbatch show could, could even kind of fit weirdly, but kind of fits almost aesthetically and musically with the um, the Robert Downey Jr. movies, right? It's just it's, it's, it's they, they've pulled from everywhere and they and they kind of came up with this uh, thing that doesn't diminish anything else that came before it, almost. This is a sort of a quasi um, sort of continuity with with things that came before, but it's also its own thing. And 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 I wish that that approach had been taken with Star Wars, where someone could have said, you know, obviously everything they couldn't be con, um, continuous with with everything and 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 whatnot, but they could have said like, we're going to try to incorporate as many elements as possible, um, and, and we're going to try to pay homage to 
extend the universe, original trilogy, everything, um, and, 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 and yet have it be its own thing as well. But I mean, that would have taken uh, both a, a writing team and leadership team um, to come in with a totally different approach from, from the beginning, which obviously, you know, as we talked about, they, they didn't do. But I just, like, it, it, is, it is possible to have done that. And so it's just a shame that they're not. And like I said at the beginning of this, you know, we're, we're just going to be stuck in prequel land, you know, for a long time. You know, and they're going to be good stories. Mandalorian's good, uh, but no one's going to want to touch what what has come after because it's it's you know um, almost poisonous at this point. Uh, so, and and that's just a real shame, you know, because uh, yeah. uh, you know we had some good actors and and there was some good storytelling moments that kind of came after, uh, and and that's going to be either rarely touched or or not touched at all. I just think that's a shame. I was just going to point out real quick, Kylo Ren's about to get the lightsaber from Ray. You know, it's the best part of the year. <laughs> Second part, you know. In, intriguing. Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, like, are we are we on are we on closing thoughts, more I, or less? I think we basically are. Yeah, I, I mean, I again, I, I think, I do think some really interesting points have been brought up. Um, we're, we're, we're never going to agree on The Last Jedi, but that's fine. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're 50 50, 2 4, 2 against. It's okay. Two are right, two are wrong. <laughs> and, you know, and you know what? That's, that's fine. Um, you know, the same is going the the to be said with any Star Wars movie from this point on. Like, you know, it's, it's going to, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, and I don't know. Again, I just, I enjoyed this movie for what it was. I mean, like, I, so, was, were, were parts of it contrived? Of course. Were, are there aspects of this? movie that aren't going to hold it to a lot of scrutiny yeah sure um i don't know again i just i i just like the movie for what it was and uh i've been enjoying the conversation we've been having uh, you know about this about this franchise and i'll i'll continue to enjoy it you know um but yeah i i don't know i i i like the movie for what it was and um i yeah it's it's not it's not the perfect uh, saga capper that we all wanted, but I don't know. Like maybe my expectations were lowered just enough after my, you know, my, the disappointment I felt with Last Jedi, and it was I was to the point where I was like, you know, I was I was at that point I was like, you know, we're never gonna get Empire Strikes Back ever again, no, no matter what. I don't think that's that's gonna that's gonna be the case from this point on with with all these movies. Um, so I just I don't know. I'm I, I maybe I'm taking a very simple Maybe I'm taking a too simplistic look at things, but I don't know. I I like the movie for what it was, and um, you know, it. I don't know. I'm going to enjoy the, the the continuing conversation we have in regard to this this franchise. But uh, I I think I've more or less said what I what I what I what I feel about about the movie. Um, I, I, I had a quick question. Okay. Um, how, how how do we feel? Well, I, I didn't feel like it was very well established. This um, this sort of handing things back and forth uh, via the force, kind of like this that that's that right. lightsaber movement. Uh, how, is, is everybody feeling okay about that? I, I don't mind. That's that's uh, that, that that's an issue that I, that I think people. One, had that problem, was one. That that's problem. the thing. Like that was one of the things that was carried over from the last movie that I I liked how that yeah. was handled. Because um, okay. you do see, because you do see there are moments where different elements from their respective environments get transferred over when they transferred over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So there, there's a sequence in the last Jedi where there's rain. He's, uh, 
on the, uh, the the main ship, I forget what it's called, and and she's on Ocho, Ocho and it's raining, and his gloves are damp from that sequence. And then right, right. And then the sequence when Luke comes into the hut and blows it open, uh, you know, they're sitting there cross-legged on the floor. They were about to touch hands before Luke opened. Um, so it's actually, I enjoy it because, not because it was in The Last Jedi or because I thought J.J. like took it to the next level with the lightsaber transfer, um, but I enjoy it because if you go to Legends, it's actually established in the Legends, con- you know, the Legends continuity. And it was actually a pretty cool thing they use occasionally, not not all the time. And that's kind of, you might say that they're using it too much here per se, but um, it's something that was established. And again, Ryan Johnson did a good job of trying to bring in uh, stuff from the legends, you know, the, 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 you know, uh, being able to, you know, rainwater being transferred into the glove. Um, and then Luke being able to, you know, use, uh, use the subconscious to teleport himself to the other side of the galaxy and, and fight and interact with Kylo Ren. Th- those were two big things that were out of the legends, um, Star Wars timeline that you know I thought were brought in, so I think I thought it was well done. I enjoy it. Um, the other thing too is it's it's based on the dyad. You know there there are two of them, so it's right. not like it's not like just any Force user can do it to any Force user. There was a there was a unique situation there where they were they are two they are two different people, but they are the same person per se, uh, and that's what the dyad was. So it's it, it, again it's it's kind of playing perfectly, and, and and why we haven't seen it to this point. Why didn't Qui Gon Jinn? If his lightsaber to Obi Wan or vice versa, because they're they're not a dyad, they're not together like that. So you know, it, I thought it was well done, not, and and not overused yet. Uh, it could be overused, and I hope it's not. But it, it was good. Right, right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to uh, make sure that that was uh, addressed because uh, I've been reading some stuff online about it. I wasn't quite sure how I felt about it. I didn't quite have enough knowledge. So that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. I I'm I'm ultimately in the same boat that uh, Ron is. Where I mean I I enjoy the movie for what it is. I'm I'm entertained by the movie. I think given everything, uh, it's about as satisfactory a conclusion to the uh, Skywalker saga that we were gonna get at this moment of time um i i still enjoy the movie um you know and it's one of those movies i do think is going to the more i watch it the more i'm gonna find stuff that i enjoy as opposed to stuff that i don't don't enjoy which is kind of which was kind of the case when as i've rewatched uh the prequels where it's like i've I, I really like those at the outset, and then the more I've watched them as I've grown older, I've, the more issues uh, critically in just in terms of the stories that they told uh, that I have. Um, I, I think this is one that ultimately I, I think, you know, one, one of my favorite things that um, one of my favorite things that I think I've uh, heard about Star Wars is from a favorite film writer, film critic of mine, Joe McQueenie. He said when they were talking about Return of the Jedi in eighties all over, he said that basically time's going to come around to the point where you know basically Star Wars is going to be fine, and movies are going to find a place they're going to find their audience. I I think Rise of Skywalker is going to be the same way. Um, I. I'm still very curious to see what happens from here on out. I'm curious to see where they take the universe from here. The High Republic sounds uh, interesting. Sure. I'm 
wondering if that's going to be sort of tying, you know, Knights of the Old Republic in, or if it's going to take place even before that or in the same time frame. Uh, I'm I'm a Star Wars fan for life, so I'm basically going to be on board and seeing whatever they come up with and, you know, see how I feel about it from from there. Uh, this, this was a good conversation. I think I'll, I, I know I personally need this conversation because, you know, not just because of the fact that I enjoy talking about these movies with you guys, but because of the fact that it's been so long since I've seen at least Dave, it's been ages since I've seen Dave. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's been a bit since I've seen Daniel too, in this, uh, moment where we're basically, uh, trying to isolate as much as we can, hmm. it, it was good to have this uh, communication, be able to have this, that we can come together on. Even if we disagree on this, we can ultimately share this experience. And that was, that was that's ultimately my biggest takeaway from this discussion of uh, Rise of Skywalker. So I do want to thank you guys so much for... Uh, being able to make time to have this conversation. Yeah, it's been fun. I, uh, you know, the social distancing sucks, but you know, while we're not in the same room, it feels like it. And, uh, I always enjoy talking star Wars and, uh, can't wait for the next, uh, topic. Uh, you know, clone wars, final season, uh, Dave, you need to watch that. Ronnie, you're missing out. <laughs> uh, you still need to finish up rebels, Ronnie. And uh, I know nobody's seen resistance like me. So, you know, there's, mm lots of conversations but uh maybe 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 the mandalorian will be the the next good podcast brian i think yeah. i think that could be a good yeah maybe when maybe around the time when season two comes out we can uh do that and have have this discussion uh further but yeah thank you very much for uh the time guys i appreciate it may the fourth be with you guys <laughs> I'd like to thank Ron, Dave, and Daniel for joining me on the podcast to discuss The Rise of Skywalker and the conclusion of the sequel trilogy. There was still a lot that we could have uh, discussed, and maybe we'll do that again in a uh, future episode. For now, though, this is uh, Brian Scuttle with the Sonic Cinema Podcast. Come to patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema for uh, discussions on various movies and TV shows that I've been watching as the uh, social distancing and uh, self-isolation when it comes to COVID-19 has uh, progressed. And also go to sonic-cinema.com and the Sonic Cinema podcast for more podcasts. I have one more after this I'm really looking forward to to talk about one of the great actors of his generation uh, with an actor that I've had on here several times, and I'm looking forward to that, to sharing that conversation. For now, this is Brian Scuttle, and thank you very much for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. <laughs>